This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. Available on video and podcast. My name is Benjamin Bloom and we'll be here each and every Monday for this, the flagship show for a sometimes irreverent but always informative hour or more of football conversation. So make your Monday a Blue Monday Richard, it's it's sunny. It's like half four. This feels very, very strange. How are you, Richard? I'm all right, and I've closed it all out. So you guys have got the sunshine <laughs> behind you. I thought it'll get dark while we record. So I've shut the blinds, closed the windows, turned the lights on. So I'm the most miserable person that you could possibly find in the Midlands right now because I'm indoors cooped up. But good to see you both nonetheless. The most miserable person right in here. the Midlands. I was going to make a generalisation about people in the They're Midlands. All, uh, I yeah. think it's just the accent. <laughs> the most miserable. The length of the consonants that um, makes you sound miserable. I had a whole thing from the, what you know, I normally do from the wild, popular Blue Monday preview show. Um, you can do that again. That's fine. We can still talk about how great the Thursday show is. I'm just trying to figure out who, where I'm going Wally Downs or Flynn Downs with Amy. I literally oh, decide yeah. like, a second before I do the predictable joke. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's, it's Wally Downs' niece, um, Amy, up north. Our northern correspondent has been in northern away day. How are you, Amy? I'm good, thank you. Um, one of my friends pointed out we're going to have a bit of a dilemma um, at the end of next season because uh, I'm getting married in July 2020. Oh, you changed so, the name? Yeah, well... What's your married name going to be? Um, it would be Fieldhouse, and I've been having a bit of a feminist debate with myself over whether I want to take a man's name. Why don't you do the hyphen uh, thing? Yeah, double-barrelled. I could do. My son's uh, double-barrelled. Wait, so wait, wait, why don't you become Amy Maitland-Niles-Downs-Fieldhouse? <laughs> <laughs> If Friends well, if is I'm anything ch- to go by, you can change it to whatever you want. Exactly, so. exactly. If I'm choosing names, it'll be Holland, and then Matt can never get away from me. So. Fieldhouse, Fieldhouse is quite good, though. I quite like that. Oh, but then, but then you couldn't use your joke. No, it would no well, longer be. No, but we I'm, can I'm do glad that's of... part of your decision with, <laughs> with with your name for the rest of your life. But please let us know um, at Tractor Girl Amy. Um, what she should do with her name when she's married at the end of next season. I feel this is a pressing matter. Um, 
Richard, you were you were there. Um, so Corey Ndaba, 19-year-old mm. centre-half, signs a new pro contract, his first pro contract, with Ipswich until 2020. So um, left-footed centre-half, as Paul Lambert said in the um, conference. You saw him in the under-23s. What do you think? Is he going out on loan next season or is he going to be anywhere near the first team? I don't want to say it's a coincidence that I called him out as one of the three players that I liked on Monday, but a few days later he got the contract. So obviously the endorsement that I gave him has helped. Um, I th- I thought um, um, physical, um, he was captain on the day as well, so a good leader, but good in the air. Um, I think both of our centre-backs on day was Barry Cotter was the other centre-back. Where is he now? Barry Cotter was playing centre-back. Both of them were quite good, actually. But yeah, and Darby definitely had a bit of presence about him. And as you say, left-footed centre-back is something we lack. So fingers crossed, him and Wolfenden maybe. Who knows? Interesting. Um, Amy, Paul Lambert served the first game of a two-match touchline ban he received last week. Also fined £3,000 for his role in the Carrow Road touchline Royal Rumble. Um, He says... Two matches, probably too much, and one would have been okay. But there's no point in appealing, so he's just going to do it. Does the punishment fit the crime? We'll come on to did we miss him yesterday. I'm sure that'll be asked in the questions. Does the punishment fit the crime? Um, I'm not clued up on what other people have been given as a punishment in the same place, but I think that the what should have been taken into consideration was the build-up to the game and how hyped it was, and that this is the biggest that was the biggest game of the season for us. Um, uh, but to be honest with you, I've seen people who are quite angry with him because of him now not being there for the two most important games points-wise for our season. But I just think it kind of followed on from the narrative from the week of, uh, you know, Lambert's so passionate about this side and he doesn't care about Norwich anymore and they hate that. And, you know, the only thing I would say is what I don't understand is from what I've read, if I've got this right, the Norwich coach that got sent off, the ref sent the wrong one. And then because they'd sent the wrong one, the punishment, he's not been punished, but the one who actually did wind Lambert up hasn't been punished either. Am I right in thinking that? Um, I'm just quite impressed that you're not obsessed enough, like all the Norwich fans seem to be, to have actually be that bothered to have to have checked it out. You know, I didn't even I didn't even I didn't even know that. But I was where he sent the wrong one off. But um, I, I think the fine was for the pushy shovey on the on the steward, wasn't it? Rather than rather than Possibly. anything else. You make a really good point because um, Matthias Klitsch poured water over Joe. Williams yesterday at Leeds and Phil Parkinson got sent off so we'll see he he will no doubt get a two uh, two match um mm. touchline ban as well but um I think otherwise I'm I'm with you on that I I I think they're just starting to set a precedent now Rich with these red cards and I think maybe the guys that get them this season are kind of the guinea pigs aren't they yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, they they have to show that there's there's a consequence of having it. Otherwise, it's just an extra bit of boo or hissing that we get in the uh, during the match. I was just I was going to say, did you see the Thursday Lambert's post match uh, pre match press conference? I think he was asked by I think Look East whether he regretted it or whether we would do it again. Is that was, Tom guy? Possibly, and God. he was like he was non totally unapologetic it's like i'd absolutely do it again if someone is trying to belittle the club or belittle me i absolutely I'm going to stand my ground that's the kind yep. of guy i am and do you know what i think good on you fair good play yeah. so um, richard a voice of the fan survey was sent out to email addresses on the club's database this past week surveying fans about next season um in particular honing in on ticket prices um just have, have you both seen it yeah. No. 
Um, we'll go with Rich first then, but we'll come to you on the general season ticket stuff, Amy. Um, what impact do you think that'll actually have, you know, once they get the findings? And any idea what they're going to do? Because I keep seeing lots of complicated conversations about um, ratings of wage bills and percentages and all sorts when you get relegated. But season tickets, realistically, prices and other sales going up or down? Uh, the survey, I thought the survey was, um, I guess I applaud the intent behind the survey, which is to ask fans for their opinions. But it's a really limited survey in respect of um, the perspectives and answers you could give. And in terms of the prices, the only question they asked was about a fair price for match day tickets in the Championship or League One. Um, so they didn't ask about season tickets. And I think that's the key one, really, because um, I'm one of these people that's on the fence. I kind of took a decision a while back, not living in Ipswich, to not have one. And I don't feel that the reason behind me not getting a season ticket is someone who could probably afford one if they wanted to, but hasn't got one. I don't think I was able to express that. So I don't think the survey particularly is going to be massively useful for Marcus Evans because he feels like one of these people that makes his own mind up. But hey, I applaud them asking the questions at least. Amy, um, do you see uh, it, the things you wouldn't have seen on the survey? Um weekend only season tickets they're asking about those um just generally are we going to see a situation with maybe one part of the ground closed off if you go to i don't know bristol city or cardiff remember last season they'll start selling the top or even villa rich as well they'll start yeah, top, selling the, the trinity i, don't, I think the, sunderland have closed up the top tier in one of their stands top as well tier last um what, what are you thinking season tickets amy and how, how the ground might look next season I think if they start to close parts of the ground off, which surely would be sensible. I'm trying to think of times where they've done that in the past, like friendlies and things like that, where they've not had certain they blocks did it in the open. FA Cup. This, um, was it last season or this yes, season? I think they yes. Well, yeah. yeah, good point. Yeah, I think they run the risk of annoying people because I've seen stuff about people, season ticket holders, refusing to move in the cobbled stand for the Leeds fans on the final game of the season. My feeling is leave them sat there. If you really want to sit with the Leeds fans, you do it. <laughs> but we're gonna if we're going to charge them 40 quid a ticket because they're also desperate to come down there, let's let's get some money in before we go down. But, but to the point, I think that... Um, it would make sense to me if we do end up closing some of the stands. We probably shouldn't have a ground that that's, big, that's that big anyway, and we certainly shouldn't in League One. So we're going to have to start making sensible choices. Um, but for me, what the survey did show, I completely agree with Rich, is like it's a sign that they're listening and they are opening themselves up to the club, having to the fans, having built an impression they don't listen to us for me I think the better bet would be a listening group so you've actually got people talking to people at the club um, but then you've got to be able to take that on and do something with it not you know the AGM with its pre-approved questions and all of that rubbish yeah, but I be, was pleased to see it it's going to be really interesting isn't it because I'm sure it's even worse for uh, Premier League stroke championship things I can't imagine what other business you'd be in where you'd plan for two scenarios where the numbers are so massively, massively different. And I guess we need to have some kind of patience with them because, you know, in the yeah. unlikely, frankly, event we stay up, then mm. they need to price it and structure it totally differently if we go down. And traditionally, season ticket prices need to be announced before you even 
know where you're going to be so it could be um, but do they need to wait one. would it not be nice now to get people in on the early bird and say lambert's staying with us no matter what now it's your chance to commit drop the prices freeze them for the year after so if we come back up to the championship they're pay they're paying lower prices and that would be a reason to commit to next year i'm i'm the same as rich the only reason i don't have a season ticket is because i don't live down there if i did i would find the 30 quid a month to pay for it but i just think if it was me now i'd commit for the next two years because i'd want to be there for the next step of the journey yeah um i I mean, we we are going to know pretty soon where we're going to be next season. That's true. <laughs> spoiler alert April for later the 19th, on. Yeah, <laughs> but I I would suspect by the time the early bird stuff usually comes out, which I think is mid-April, I think we'll know. I I quite agree that we're kind of in this limbo point at the moment, and so I would suggest that waiting a bit, doing a bit more and listening. I think I I totally agree with Amy that um, the club is trying to do more of this kind of stuff, and they're putting a lot of stuff out there. I think probably there's some tough lessons that need to be heard as well. And that opportunity, I don't think, has been had necessarily. You get people writing in. There was a lot mm. of season ticket holders who sent letters saying, I've been watching for 40, 50 years. I'm not coming back and this is why. And I think under the previous um, chief exec, maybe they were listened to but not um, heard, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, exactly um, I think mean. this is possibly an opportunity to do that now to, the, to foster even more good, kind of goodwill going into planning for next season, which is going to be tough. Let's... Not be let's not be around the bush and then um, potentially yeah getting a, more people in the ground I think is paramount and the pricing is key for that so I just hope they're listening absolutely absolutely um, should we go on to Wigan then ladies and gentlemen I've I've never been to Wigan before for not even not 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 only the football ground I've I've never been to Wigan and uh, Richard and I um, Richard had the what, pleasure no the the dubious earache of driving up with me yesterday and we got in <laughs> and had the most snotty middle-class conversation. I went, Richard, I need some food. And he right, I'll find a restaurant. He goes, Frankie and Benny's. No, I'm not eating at Frankie and Benny's. Is there a Zizzy or an Ask or a Wagamama? No, no. half an hour later. Right, let's go to Frankie and Benny's next to, <laughs> next, next to the ground. And it was all right. And then Harry from Bath appeared. So a few um, Blue Monday people there. But a couple of people that weren't there were Luke Chambers and no Luke Chambers was there I mean James Collins um still not around and Cole Skews still not in the starting lineup so here was the team and the lesser spotted 352 out of nowhere um seemingly um so it looked something like let me turn the page uh Bialkowski in goal uh Pennington Chambers and Nudson were the three center backs Bree was the right wing back. Kenlock was the left wing back. A lot of people say, oh, Kenlock's better at wing back. Knudsen's better in a three-centre um, three back um, configuration. Chalibur and Nolan in the kind of, not necessarily defensive centre midfielders, but the sitting midfielders. Judge, wherever the hell he wants, basically. Um, and Keane and Quainer up front. Amy... Three, five, two, go. Uh, pleased. I was really pleased. I right for me, it's five, three, two. I cannot understand describing it three, five, two when you've got. Um, I Ken think Lott it's just how many people are in the first line is is my rationale on it. That there's three people in the first line. Well, then it would be three, two. Three, two, anyway. two, one, two in that <laughs> system. There you go. Where do you stop? 
I was very happy. I think that um, it, it really secured up the defence. And exactly as you say, that's that's how Nudson plays best. And without wanting to um, skip ahead, how much of a difference did Luke Chambers make yesterday in the middle of that defence, bossing everybody about? I loved it. They were my biggest qualm last week was them not talking to each other they were yesterday and it was mainly him so I was happy with that I thought the three in the middle um actually it wasn't just Judge that was moving wherever he wanted it was all three of them Chalaba was able to drop back if needed but he because of the five at the back he had more freedom to get forward I felt um and Nolan, who I'm not normally a fan of, again, he he was able to push forward. Um, and I, I liked it. I liked and having two up front. What a what a revelation. Dave Diamond wanted yeah. two up front, didn't he, Richard? Um, three, five, two. What would you, what'd you make of that? What I, li- what I liked was how the, the kind of the pitch is split in half and how one of the centre backs and one of the central midfielders, along with the wing back pushes forward and the rest of the unit kind of stays behind. So when the ball moves either side of the pitch, I think the balance Clapham. there's a unit there. And Harry talks about convalent bonds. And I thought there was a nice, really nice kind of link up between um, Bree, Pennington and Nolan that established itself in the first half particularly. And I think that's what that system affords you is a bit of protection because there's now two covering defenders if one of them pushes forward rather than another one. And as you say, if you're a Kenlock or if you're a Bree and you want to bomb forward, then those three centre-backs can sit a little bit more. So I think it protected everyone. I think it, as you'll probably come on to, Ben, I think it actually worked. We really clicked into it um, after about 15 minutes. Um, and I think my maybe that's the way forward. I think the diamond got sussed by Stoke. They went very wide, yeah. and that kind of combats it by us having our wing backs pushed out as yeah, well. So and supportive. This team, as we're about to go on to, had an extremely threatening guy playing at right back as well. So maybe he would have had even more fun than he had yesterday. In if we'd done a diamond, you, that yeah. might have even been to stop Reese James, mightn't it? Um, Wigan lined up, uh, Jones in goal, the aforementioned and about to be mentioned many times, James right back, uh, Dunkley, Fox, Nay, Smith, uh, the rest of the back four, Evans and Morsey sitting, Pilkington, Windash, Jacobs off the front, and the um, interesting um, Leon Clark up front, who didn't have the best game yesterday, bless him. Um, let's not go too granular, as Mr. Harry from Bath would say, but I think you've got it right. Richard, um, it took five or six minutes for it to bed in. But once you get up to the 10, 15 minute mark, I think Ipswich are playing really, really well. And particularly that little triangle of Bree with Pennington helping him out behind. Then across comes Judge. And, you know, they all seem to a few openings down the down the right hand side. Um, Amy, Generally, how long do you think it took them to to get into it? And am, am I being too biased? I thought they were by far the better side coming up to sort of 20 minutes or so. I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, I was... I think we got to about our fourth shot on goal and I looked at the clock and it was 20 minutes. So I thought, what? Normally it takes a whole game for me to see four shots on goal. So it just... The confidence was there. The urgency was there. And we looked... Like we were the mid-table side, and they were the ones looking over their, you know, their, over their shoulders at relegation. We didn't look like we were the ones in the relegation fight with them. I didn't think in that first half, and I actually think that carried on 
ish into the second half, although they did step up. But yeah, I was I was really pleased with them. Couldn't believe it at half time going, you know, um, how well the first half was. Talk about those chances, Richard, because there's a couple of half chances. There's one where Keane can't sort his feet out, but then there's one, and I've seen it back. It's a really good move actually, where Keane gets played in the spins left-footed. Um, Rich, the big chance was Pennington flicks the corner on Keane on the back post and he just misjudged it, didn't he? Um, Billy Sharp would have probably backheeled it in or shouldered it in or something like that. Um, but unlucky not to be ahead when we get up to minute 24, Rich, would you agree? Yeah, agreed. I, I thought, um, we haven't mentioned him yet, I thought Will Keane was great yesterday. Yeah. Um, good in the air, um, unlike his partner. Um, but both of them were putting in really good runs and find, and also finding wide positions as well, which is a theme for yeah. the goal that we'll talk about in a bit, that particularly Quiner and uh, both of them actually were, ta- were taking wide positions. But yeah, there was just a few moments, and this has been the kind of the summing up of the season, is when the ball does drop, we want an extra second maybe than we're allowed. I thought Nolan yesterday in particular wanted a bit more time to pick out his pass. And when he didn't get that, it's kind of percentage passing into a bit of space rather than to an orange shirt. But Keane, yeah, just dropped. And yeah, maybe a more clinical striker like a Sharp would have just snapped that up and put it in the back of the net. But unfortunately not to be. And because this is the 18-19 season and it's going really, really well and we think we've happened on a system in this game, of course, on 24 minutes, we're going to get a red card um, (laughs) and make it incredibly hard for ourselves. Obviously, a red card, always a big thing, always much um, debated. So, um, Rich, this will be interesting. Were you behind the goal, Amy? Because we were on halfway. I I was marginally over to the right. Okay, so but you would have had a very different view of that than, than yeah, absolutely, than definitely, we yeah. Did. And can I just preempt? Um, I literally got we got back to the car, Rich. And I think it was James tweeted me looking forward to Ben rambling on about <laughs> law number twelve and, <laughs> and the wording tomorrow. So Subsection James, you, B, yeah. you'll be very pleased that the the laws are in front of me um, uh, here. In fact, I'm going to read them now, Richard, before um, we get the two different views. So. Um, red card offence for denying a goal scoring, sorry, denying a goal or an obvious goal scoring opportunity um, where a player denies the opposing team a goal or an obvious goal scoring opportunity um, by deliberate handball. The player is sent off wherever the offence occurs or by a deliberate handball. So um, the following must be considered distance between offence and goal, general direction of play. Likelihood of keeping or gaining control of the ball, location and number of defenders. So that is the rules. Notice I didn't use the words last man at any point in that. They're not in the rules, everybody. There you go, James. Are you happy with that one? Right, Richard, what on earth happened? And let's play the blame game. So uh, the first thing that I want to mention is an amazing through ball by Morsi. I think it's Morsi, isn't it? On a sixpence to Leon Clark, who's on the run. Um, I think in your review, Ben, you were on the fence about whether that was a hoof up the field or not. I thought that was a brilliant pass from Morsi. Um, Clark brings the ball under control. So I think that's something in your rules there. So the ball is under control. Look, um, rules of it's... the game, not, not mine. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're here as a representative of the rules. And let's do oh, that. I don't want to be that guy. That makes me Lee Probert. <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, maybe you'll uh, you'll send me off then for the for this analysis. Then <laughs> we are. Um, I, yeah, I thought it's it's Clark, Nudson, and Chambers. Um, Chambers is to one side for me. Um, it's Clark not Rio Ferdinand, yeah. He's not Rio Ferdinand. Okay. He's Luke Chambers. Right, okay. um, I think 
Uh, Clark traps the ball really well. I think he's got it under control. I think when Nudson interferes with him, it's um, just outside <laughs> the federal area. It's like I'm with, it's like I'm a lawyer now, isn't it? I'm being really careful to not be uh, sued by anyone. He grabs the shoulder back. Um, I think Chambers possibly not Van Dyke. No, he's not Van Dyke. Okay, right. Um, um, he's not Roberto Carlos. Um, <laughs> I think there's. I don't. I don't think Chambers is going to stop the shot. I think that I think Chambers is is in close proximity, but not close enough. If if Clark gets past Nudson and shrugs him off, yeah. he hits that. I think, yeah. and that's why I think it's a sending off, as well as the fact it's really done by Nudson just to grab him by the shoulder and pull him back. That's um, my take. Just quickly, percentage chances given Leon Clark's game yesterday of him scoring. <laughs> I've written it down, and I and I uh, Dave asked me how the game was yesterday. I sent him a message saying, I would, in hindsight, knowing how Clark would play out the rest Let of the match, have the shot, mate. You know, Chambers probably goes, do you know what? Just go, you know, have a go. So, probably goes. in summary, though, Richard Probert was right for you. Yeah, I I think probably I was just in shock how early it was in the game and thinking, well, it's 25 minutes. He's not going to pull out a red card, is he? And then it's Lee Probert, so he's got to make a mark on the game, isn't he? The Wigan fans around us, ironically, weren't his biggest fans either, were they? There was a guy in front of us who went, we're not here for you, Probert, about 20 times. Um, Yeah, I don't think there's any argument. Amy, I I always um, remember John McGreal getting sent off Guy Whittingham doing what Clark did yesterday and I was sat behind the goal and was so infuriated because you get the view that the ref doesn't see where the guy waits for the contact and throws himself down and you know it kind of looks a bit more exaggerated was there any sense or argument from him with the Ipswich fans yesterday what was your view on it I as far as I could hear uh, myself included, everybody around me was like, what What on earth? That can't have been a red card. And I honestly think it's just because we were slightly over to the right. So we were seeing it at a different angle. We didn't, I didn't see the tug on the shoulder. I saw two players coming in at quite a bit of speed who tangled. And as my dad always used to say, um, when we were at games together, he would say it's six of one and half a dozen of the other. And it looked to me like um, Clark went down heavily and unnecessarily so and it looked to me like it was a harsh red I think we all said oh yeah you've seen him given but but the immediate reaction was my god we have no luck at all and it was just yes on reflection having got home and seen the highlights and re-watched that um, I think it was a silly mistake from Nudson but in my mind he's thinking if I let this go we're going one nil down so I think that's why he maybe was slightly more harsh than he needed to be uh, but at the time yeah the referee had a rough game from us after that point because everybody just thought he was after us so I can see why people didn't think it was but now I've been home and seen it from this the view that you would have seen yeah I get why it was interesting um and the two things I said, Rich, that I always say in these things, one, trust your, trust your goalkeeper, let him make the save. And two, it's so early in the game, isn't it? Fair enough, if you're defending a 1-0 lead, there's six minutes to go and, you know, take one for the mm. team, especially with where we are. But it, it just seemed a bit of a silly... I know sometimes players are running close together, and you can get away with a little tug if your bodies are really close, and which which is cheating. But all yeah. all footballers kind of do that. But yeah, I think I think Nudson messed up a bit there yesterday. Um, I'm being a bit flippant with this because a lot of people said, "Oh, Chambers was covering with my, you know, Kevin Beatty 
Rio Ferdinand, Virgil van Dijk comments, but um, it's clear what the... I, I just think if you're the ref yesterday, Prober, how can you not send him off? You know, it's like distance between the offence and the goal. Well, tick. He's right on the edge of the box. Um, general direction of the play, tick. He's running straight at the goal. Uh, likelihood of keeping or gaining control of the ball. He's got it under control, hasn't he? He's going in on goal. Location, number of defenders. You know, lots of people say, oh, Chambers is covering. No, he's not. I'm sorry. You're telling me he's, he's going to run eight yards before Clark has his, has his next mm. touch. Covering doesn't mean alongside. Covering means can he stop the shot, which is the ob- obvious goal-scoring opportunity. And... Yeah, the long-winded ramble, ramble, ramble. Um, I think it was a red card, and I think Nudson was a bit of a silly boy. But other opinions are available, and do tweet them and comment, comment us. Um, but please quote the rules. Don't give me your own. <laughs> don't give me your own version of the rules. This is what the ref is going on. I know football fans. They kind of have their own. They're oh, he's not that type of player. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's, the, the the ref will not be taking that into account. Anyway ridiculously um, Ipswich kind of reconfigure they go to a back four and we, we, we don't really have a lot of time to figure it out before um, the next nice bit of action happens but it's like a four a flat three in midfield and when we're out of possession one forward goes one side one goes the other so the, the formation is effectively four five um, mm. with no forward in in defense if you if you get my drift. Have I added that up right? Yeah. I'm just doing the math in my... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds weird, doesn't it, without, without three. But, unbelievably, Amy, the next bit of action, Nolan clips it over, and <laughs> I don't know what the hell Dunkley is thinking here, especially yeah. given this is a Premier League ref who's just given a big decision up the other end. Um, your view of the penalty, Amy? So, um, in complete contrast, I thought that was a dead-on. He's, he's taking him out in the penalty area. Craner's out clear. It's got to be. It's got to be a penalty. And now, having watched the replay, I feel like it might have been a little bit soft. And there is a huge part of me at the time, having not agreed with the red card at the time, that felt like the ref was maybe balancing out a bit. It was a could have given it, could have not. So he's sort of gone a bit soft on the penalty almost to balance things out and be fair. Um, but it was at a point where we had the vast majority of the run of the game and I, I kind of felt like yeah we kind of we well we needed it didn't we we needed it and uh, and it was a nice move actually they completely stopped dead a really nice move and we were if I remember right I think we were battering their goal at this point like we were we had a few chances so it felt like they were being a bit desperate silly mistake from theirs just as it was from Nudson from their player but I probably, I don't know. I don't, I I would need your rule book to decide whether that actually was a penalty or not. But for me, it was a soft one. But at the time, yes, definitely. Let's not question the referee when they're giving us a goal on a silver plate. Richard? Stonewaller, Amy. Stonewaller. Um, Why has he got his I, hands up there? Come on. Yeah. I, so I think we, uh, if you, you were in the North Stand last week, you were only for Stoke. Do you remember when Quayne went down and he, he clearly dived, but he went down kind of looking for it and stayed down injured and then got the physio on and then he stood up straight away. Um, yeah. Quine is good at this, I think. I think he's got got it as an arm on, but Dunkley has a swipe at him. He kicks the way the back of his feet, I think, and then pulls it back as, as Quine stops to check back inside. I think it's a clear pen. I think Nolan's a nice ball. Good run from Quainer as well in the build-up, as you say. Um, I We're looking right at it where we were sat and to me it was a clear pen. 
quaint. It was more the draw. It was more the fact it was so quick and it's so dumb as well. I think that's what especially after really a dumb. ref like that, Rich has just given a decision. If I'm Paul yeah. Cook, I'm like, right, guys, no contact for the next ten minutes because he <laughs> yeah. will even this up in yeah. in a in a second. It'll either be the next, you know, the next foul's a yellow card. The next thing in the box is a penalty. The next debatable thing is a red card. And um, what I'll say about Quainer though is. Um, I think Quain has split people so far, but I get this sense with him. He looks a bit disinterested sometimes, but when he smells blood, Quainer, when he yeah. sees a space or a gap, he's like a different player, isn't he? He's like, right, I'm in. I'm, I'm gone. I'm going to use my my um, Vin Diesel nitrous oxide boost for <laughs> for this little sprint. That's and, a reference for the kids there. Uh, there you <laughs> go. I think when he when he starts running like a chicken, that's where I think he he, he does that. Oh, he gets, he gets Have a look on out his for that. bike, doesn't he? Um, any Sorry sense for people that... listening. They've not seen that gesture. Sorry. One, one other thing I was going to say is, um, and Harry says this a lot on the preview show, he says this is such a streetwise league and sometimes I feel all the other teams are more savvy and more streetwise than Ipswich are. I think yesterday there were more examples of Ipswich shithousery than we've seen in, you know, it's, there's some time wasting and some oh, it's epic. falling it's on the floor it. in the second half that we've seen other teams do against us so many times. Yeah. And I, I was kind of like, look, we were moaning weeks ago in the Villa game that Villa played the ref. They played Keith Stroud and, you know, got the penalty um, to, you know, to get out front in that game. And I think Quainer played the ref quite well in, in, in mm. that position. Um, any doubts when Keane stepped up, Amy, with the right foot? Oh, I always do. <laughs> I hate it when we have penalties. Um, one of my closest friends was watching from a bit further behind than me, and he said he, he faced the back because he just can't handle watching the uh, at the penalties when we take them. Um, I was okay, especially with Keane having played so well. He seems a lot more sure of himself at the moment. And then he flipping hits the post, and I honestly thought it That's was going out. Pen, I was though, like, Amy. Yeah. perfect pen. Oh, played for that. Horrible. <laughs> and the keeper got really close it. to it as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I honestly thought he'd missed it. And I was just like, this is our season and I hate it. But it, it went in and it was nice to be able to celebrate a goal again. <laughs> I, the only time I didn't feel that is Waghorn against Middlesbrough. Because I'm like, right, this guy hasn't had a penalty. Oh, be... <laughs> the entire, he's just going to smash this with that left left foot of his. And um, yes, he scored. <laughs> so there we go, Rich. Um, into half time. Um, amazingly, 1-0 up. We started to back off a little bit, but only maybe for the last five, six minutes of that of that um, half, but um, we knew he was going to have to do something. And you and I discussed it, Rich. I'm like, I think he's going to have to pull a forward off. You cannot, um, you know, that shape of that midfield was just not going to, not going to hold out. So the decision was, um, Quainer comes out, Keane's the one guy up front more centrally, and Guion Edwards is going to come in, and played down the right-hand side. Um, that was all he could do, really, wasn't it, Rich? Yeah, there are not many other options, are there? Um, and I guess the the fear um, is that Edwards isn't that kind of put a shift in, run around, track back type midfielder. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it certainly sorted out the balance a little bit more. Um, but, you know, we're going to be... Um, dominated for the next 45 minutes, aren't we? So at least Guion Edwards gives you an out ball to potentially launch it down the right-hand side. And he, there was a few sites that he had, um, even one right at the, de- at the death, which 
um, he might have done better on. So it, it gives you a bit, a bit of both, but you know that he's not going to be able to cover too much for, for Brie. So you've mentioned that pattern, oh, they're going to dominate. That didn't actually transpire immediately at the start of the half, did it? And um, I can't believe Naismith didn't get a yellow card for taking out Edwards. There was that dangerous um, free kick, judged with a curler. But Amy, God, that one chance... Um, Judged into the corner of the box, smashes it at the top corner, and um, what's the Wigan keeper? Jones tips it over. Um, I actually thought, I don't know if we used all our energy doing this, I thought we played the first 11, 12 minutes of that second half quite well, Amy. Yeah, completely agree. Absolutely agree. Um, just came out all guns firing still. Um, I wasn't keen on the sub change I, I would have kept going as we were first half but I understand why it was done um we still felt in control I think um and I don't actually think it wasn't until I listened to your match review that I realized the moment when Wigan changed is when Powell came on I'm yeah. sure we're going to talk about it in a minute for me it wasn't half time it was a, a little bit into it so yeah I was I think we had the confidence we had the win in our sights and that's what we were going for and how long is it since we've been trying to go for a win it was nice to see yeah you make a really good point so we'll jump on to that so Richard without any sense of bitterness or bias Wigan weren't very good were they and they're, no, they were angry around us weren't they <laughs> their big outlet is this brilliant right back they've got on loan and these were literally seasoned um, experienced players Where's 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 Reese James? Where's Reese James? Oh, we can't get it to. We'll, I tell you what, we'll go left and then we'll pass it to him. But like everything, funnel into the blooming right back. He had loads of space, and and I joked, didn't I, Rich? Um, let's check the stats afterwards. I bet he has a hundred touches in this game, and he had ninety nine yeah, touches. Yeah, he But Amy's dead right because what happens? Um, it should be going further and further back, and I'm not calling Paul Cook. Pep Guardiola, because I think it was happenstance here, but Powell comes on and is obviously told, look, stand off and you're going to get a whole load of space. If Because um, you said um, you said to me, what's, what's, Powell, well, what's Powell doing? Um, why is he not playing number 10? He's, and he goes a little bit further back, doesn't he? And he can yeah. pick up um, some position. McManaman comes on. But it very much felt like four up front, let's just throw as many guys on as, as we can. And then and then what starts yeah. to happen is Powell and particularly James is the outlet um, on the right. Start to get more and more space. That was 62 minutes. Um, and what transpires at the same time as well is Will Keane goes off. And as much as, OK, Caden Jackson gives you a threat in behind, he doesn't have much with his with his back to goal as yet. He's not developed that part of his game too much at all, has he? Um Moving on, and then it really is um, one-way traffic, isn't it? To use the cliche, no real Ipswich breakouts. And um, just a litany of Leon Clark being... <laughs> I, I swear, even if he was in the box and he tried to get out of the way of the ball, someone would then take the shot and it would hit him in the face and deflect <laughs> around the goal or something. But, Rich, Wigan, without particularly playing well, just by numbers... It's just crosses, isn't it? Dominating, it was, aren't they? 
just stuff in the box and to be fair we dealt with most of it and the fortunate thing was when it did fall it felt <laughs> it fell for Clark who, who missed an absolute zero in the first half which we didn't talk about he's really close in the ball goes I think it's James isn't it he plays it oh, that I called yeah. it down the corridor of uncertainty hashtag corridor of uncertainty and he spoons it up in the air rather than just hammering it low um, but there was one instance where the cross comes in from Naismith, who finally got one in from the left-hand side, having been shouted at by a guy in front of us for most of the match. <laughs> and Clark contrives to head the ball off Windass's head, head, who's behind, yeah. ready to head it into an empty net. Um, so it just wasn't his day. But it was just crosses, wasn't it? It was constant crosses. The ball was going across the pitch, as you were saying, trying to find something. And then eventually it comes back to James, and he's, he's the quality of his right foot is just too good for us. But we held out, either by luck or just by purely poor finishing well, perfectly on Clark. I don't know if you two go through the same ritual as I do in these type of things. Being an Ipswich fan, I'm, my, my psychology goes, uh, we got 10 men, we're going to lose anyway. We'll, we'll lose 2-1. And it gets up to 60 minutes, man, we'll lose. You know, 70 minutes, we'll lose. And then uh, for some reason, at about 80 minutes, I go from we'll lose to we're going to win. Oh my God, I feel sick. We're going <laughs> <laughs> to win. So... Um, uh, Downs comes in for Judge again. All these subs make sense, don't they? A bit more, bit more legs, and you know, you, you're literally just clinging on to a to a one goal lead there. On comes Joe Garner for Josh Windass, and again, it is just Hashtag narrative. Four guys up front, isn't it? Um, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, and then Rich, I'm looking over to see. Well, I. <laughs> always look and because they, they tend to put the time up and then kind of switch it off and throw it back up again. So we already knew it was going to be six minutes, but away goes that pesky right back again, Rich. And what happens next? So I don't think we spotted this because it's the opposite side of the pitch, but it's downs up against James, isn't it? And well, Amy. I think Amy downs is up. Yeah. She's on the pitch. Don't blame me for it. Left the field. <laughs> and this is where the goal comes from, Ben. Um, so it's uh, Amy's Amy's cousin is, and I think James doesn't do a huge amount of trickery to get past him. I think he just knocks it past him and outpaces him, sweeps it in. Clark is in, <laughs> is in there actually. Leon Clark gets across Chambers and actually I think puts Chambers off to the point. Chambers slides in because he thinks Clark is going to have the shot, and actually it passes by both of them. And Garner's totally unmarked and can't miss, um, and it's heartbreak because as you say, I'd probably I'd look to eighty five and thought. We're not going to do this, are we? That was my moment. Of, it was 85. Um, but utterly inevitable, isn't it? That's the trouble. That's our season. Because we'd they'd done everything but score so far. And you kind of think, well, they're going to run out of steam. And unfortunately, not to be. And I didn't notice. He no-sold the celebration as well, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good for him. Not, not quite to a Darren Bent level of... Um... Um, no, he would have run up to the up, run up to the away <laughs> end and go, sorry, guys, I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Amy, um, emotionally, did you kind of feel the same the same way as it went on and went on crap we're actually going to win here and then just because it's this season it has to be a 90th minute goal by one of the guys that you sold that probably would have you know helped you score a few more points had he not been sold 
the um I was exactly the same as you I think and the worst part about yesterday they built up your hope by playing so well and clinging on for 60 minutes and I was sat there um and as you know I wasn't meant to be going yesterday I'd said that I last week at the live show I was absolutely insistent I'm not going to Wigan away I've had a weekend away from my son and my fiance I'm going to go home and I'm going to have a weekend with them next weekend I'm not going to the football I must put family first and then I got home and I think it was on Monday night. I was like, Luke, would you mind if I go to the football? And I was sat there at 85 minutes last night, uh, yesterday afternoon. And I was thinking I might just text Luke in a minute and say thank you for letting me come. And he actually said he was watching it on the um, coming through, all the scores coming through. And he was so glad for me. He was so glad that I changed my mind and decided to go. And then, of course, even at 90 minutes, even at 90 minutes, I thought you've won it, you've won it. And no, no, I uh, I think by the end, once it hit 90 minutes and we had flipping six minutes injury time, I don't know where it came. It's like he just wanted to wind us up a bit more because all the I, uh, I mean, fans have been giving we so much grief. So that was Payton Jackson's shit house, wasn't it? <laughs> we were, yeah, Danny Fox. Yeah. Payton Jackson was on the floor for like 20 minutes of that half, wasn't he? To be quite honest with you, and I don't want to be too mean because I was too mean about Spence early on in the season, Caden Jackson may as well have sat on the floor the whole <laughs> of the time but he was on the we pitch. haven't mentioned, because the one <laughs> thing Caden Jackson does do, 95 minutes, 50 seconds, he wins a flick on, but Guion Edwards is completely knackered, Rich, into the box. And was it Downs had got up? On the yeah, back Downs post? on Nolan, wasn't it? I think someone oh, was up there. Oh, and he didn't believe he could score, it's a, did he? Yeah. yeah. It's a cross yeah. come shot, isn't it? In the end, when there needs to be a larrup into the straight of the keeper. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. see where it spills. So even, even then, um, Rich. I mean, we we had a we had a few sort of silly replies back on on YouTube and whatnot. But it was this weird situation of, yes, we get it. We're we're bottom and we need wins. And this is very irritating that we've lost. But well, actually, that's a good performance. You know, yeah. at 24 minutes. And like you said, Amy, 96. So that's 72 minutes, not including the two at half time as well. Let's add these all on. 74 minutes with 10 men, you know, when you've got no confidence and no points, you're away, you're bottom of the league. And you're frankly a team with a good home record that have beaten better mm. teams than us there this season. It's this yep. weird combination, Rich, of being proud of a good performance that you that you gave up the points right at the end of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally get it. And and my overwhelming emotion was one of pride because when we were playing football, it's better than it's been for some time. You know, that Reading two all away draw to me is kind of the peak that I've seen this season. And there was points where our passing was so incisive and the patterns that we were making, the, the Harry's coming around and Bonds, that was all working. The system was working. Keane was working hard. Quainer was working hard. Judge was everywhere. Um, I agree with you that I quite like the fact that we're a bit more streetwise, that we were, you know, we were playing all the games we could to get, you know, to waste time yesterday because that's what you have to do when you're 10 men and one nil, one nil up away from home. I thought I was really happy with all of that. And it's just a quirk of timing that the goal happens then. If it had happened any earlier, there's a good chance we might have lost the game as well. Totally so agree. I take the point. Um, my own view is that relegation is is practically a certainty anyway. So I'm looking for things to give me hope for next season and things that endorse that Lambert is doing the right things. And I think yesterday did that, albeit harsh that it's in the last minute. 
Amy, summons up. Um, I think that for me, the subs won't have been what Lambert planned. Um, really interested to hear your thoughts on it as them being more tactical because my impression at the time, my interpretation was that it was injuries because Judge went down not long before he was then yeah, subbed. Keane was definitely hurt, wasn't he? Keane was an injury. Yeah, yeah. Keane was obviously in. Have we heard any more about that yet? No. Um, my, I have a very possibly. cod theory on this that... Um, it's with ham. It looked like hamstring, didn't it? He was holding mm. there. So we're talking strain, tweak, tear, rupture, and he walked yeah. off. So oh, you think true. unless he's bionic man and he can walk yeah. off with a, you know, a, so but you don't, you know, you, you don't know. And that's my very unscientific um, theory. But yeah, yeah, you're you're dead right that that was brought on. I think that was injury. just. Um, I think all the subs were and I just think that that we'd gone from being completely in control and sort of bossing the game to clinging on and it was inevitable that a goal was going to go in but totally agree with Rich that if it had happened five ten minutes earlier we would have conceded another one because it was just we were weathering the storm for about 20 minutes and it was scary but also made me very proud that we just we dug in deep and we kept going to your point Amy no Harrison on the bench I think if Harrison's on the bench there he comes on for um for Keane and is a bit more then there's some physical presence up mm. front when, you know, because that was sort of 60, 63 minutes, wasn't it? Um, look, can we just quickly um, do a couple of players? Lots of plaudits. Um, I think we all agree that Bart is something back towards his old self, especially given yeah. the lack of kind of chipping the ball to the sides and setting up the goal kicks. He looks much less anxious now um i thought his kicking was good yesterday by the way i think they've it's more controlled and a little bit more accurate i th- i thought <laughs> there was that one where chambers absolutely <laughs> failed yeah, in, the first, in the first half where he booted it up that in was the, the one I, and I, yeah. I was thinking it in my brain and he did it straight away so that's <laughs> my fault but i thought that was time wasting i thought chambers was wasting time by having a chat with bart and stopping the game but um i thought bart was bad kenlock i so want to do well because he's yeah. He's one of ours, but he's had some difficult games, hasn't he, Kenlock? And again, we're defending for so much of this. It's just when he came in against Millwall, Kenlock, I thought he's really good, you know, in the back four. And we played that really good first half. But that's, I would hasten to say that maybe Max Aarons, that's the best right back in the division he's playing against, isn't he? Yep. Oh, everything right, Amy? Yep. I just... Oh, look at the light. Losing the light. Let I've got one light. above my bed, so yeah. I don't have to get up to turn it off at night. <laughs> I think that five-three-two works for Kenlock as well. By the way, I, and I, I suspect we'll probably do that against Reading, and it will be Kenlock there again. So maybe he'll play himself into some form. Who knows? Um, the skews debate is advancing now because this is the first time we've um, we've not seen him in the team for sort of two or three games. Um, What's what's the difference, Amy? Skews or skews or no skews yesterday? What was the difference yesterday? Attacking. We were just put, we were pushing forward. Um, I actually quite like Trevor playing. Well, I I just love Trevor if I'm honest, but I like him pushing forward. I like the fact that he can do either. I think he's grown into supporting the back line and being able to defend, but he's also good fun like it's quite exciting to watch going mm. forward I am a huge fan of Scoose I think keeping him next year is vitally important I think he's highly underrated by a lot of our fans who don't like the way he plays 
but um, I think that he's vitally important to help our defence. But once our defence starts to feel a bit stronger, he's almost a little bit redundant, isn't he? He's, you know, when when Chambers and Collins are our tank in the middle that, you know, and you, that you feel a bit more sure about, do we need Scoose in the middle when we so badly need support going forward to help the strikers? That's been the problem all season is the strikers not having the chances and they did yesterday and against Stoke. So it's, I love Scoose. I'd like to see him. Uh, I think he's important to keep next year but possibly becoming more for off the pitch than on That's, the pitch. I hadn't thought about it like that. If the future is with a 3-5-2 and... Or 5-3-2, whatever you want to call it. Um, if that's the future, <laughs> then this business of, oh, you get killed in midfield if you don't have an extra man. Well, your extra men become the wingbacks, don't you? And you yeah. You, you end up there with two wingbacks forward, two sitters, and then you judge or whatever, and you don't get outnumbered. And yeah. we're talking about players, Rich, three, five, two suits. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Maybe not skews so much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, agree, I agree with all of what Amy's just said. And, and to me, that's why the 5-3-2 is, or the 3 5 is not his formation. I, and, and I quite agree that he's got a role off the field as well. I think he's... Both him and Chambers, to me, should be given player-coach contracts straight away in the summer. Um, for that reason, I think they're, they're valuable experience. But sometimes the system is going to suit them. There might be a game where we need it's all going to be backs to the wall and Scoose might come in and, and be really important. But I think at the moment we need to score goals. And unfortunately, Scoose isn't the player to do that. And also yesterday, Scoose is at his very best when the game is a bit more flowing back and forth and he can read things coming onto him. Mm. When it's just two ranks of defence <laughs> you, you frankly you just want a bit more mobility and you want a bit more of a press forward so yeah. maybe yesterday wasn't 
necessarily I hate the term suited to him but you know it's, you're a football player suit yourself to what's happening for goodness sake but Ooh. you know you, you take my point anyway I waffle on it's good stuff but we are going very very long we as are, aren't we? Um, should we do some questions um, let's start with you Rich FPL Tractor did you feel the change in formation was negative a la Mick positive or pragmatic based on players available I think it was a system that fitted the players available and I think it worked I'd be a fan of it and want to see it again next week, hopefully. But who knows? Um, I, I think us three, given our ages, are going to struggle with this one. So we'll put this one out. Patefield ITFC, worst penalty you've ever seen taken at Portman Road. Can anyone recall one worse than Mark Brennan's calamity against Derby? 86-87 went about five yards wide. I'm trying to think bad penalties. Portman Road. Mauricio Tarico's in the shootout, bless him, against Chelsea. Um, that was never going in. I can't... Alex... No, I can't. I looked at one earlier. I couldn't remember. Oh, yeah, I couldn't think. Stuart missed one. I remember yeah. that against Birmingham. That wasn't great, but I'll have to come. Uh, maybe we'll, let's ask out on Thursday. I'll, I'll hold that one to the Thursday preview show. Me and Harry will do that one. Twitter will tell us. Amy, will Twitter. we ever see Freddie Sears in an ITFC shirt again? Matthew oh, I'd, I'd hope so. I think he's paid his dues and deserves what will hopefully be an exciting season next season. He could be the uh, extra energy, the fresh legs that we get in when he comes back from injury. And so when's that going to be? Pro- if it's points nine prove. months from I saw someone September-y. say Christmas. Yeah, September, October, earliest. But yeah. Christmas, he could be like a new January signing by the time he's match fit. We it's come into in... 15 all over again. Hey, Sears arriving, <laughs> in, Sears arriving in January. Um, James Parker. Um, <laughs> are we realistically ever going to return to the Premier League with Evans as our owner? Richard. I mean, not in the foreseeable future, are we? No, but <laughs> who knows what might happen over the next few years? You just don't No, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, Amy, Mark Leathers, given Nudson's red card yesterday, mistake last week, do you think it was um, the right? Uh, do you think it was the right thing, I guess, to bring him back into the starting 11? Appreciate there were injuries to Chambers and Collins, and he has the experience, but we could have gone with Toto and Pennington. Is his mind really with us? Amy on Nudson, here we go. Yes, absolutely, it was the right thing to do. He's made. Uh, well, the debatable mistake last week, I'm not convinced that was his fault. And this week, was it was a silly mistake that honestly probably could have been any of the, the back four, maybe not Chambers. But I, I think it was the right thing. I think he's proven himself for how well he's played in the last four games. I think he deserves to be there because even though, admittedly, he wasn't on the pitch for very long yesterday, he looked, he looked good. That position really suited him. He is the best left back that we have at the club and he should be playing in my opinion. Okay. Um, can I take this one, Rich? Um, Chris Hodges says, Pennington is our best loan sign in this season. How does he compare to Cameron Carter-Vickers from last season? Um, they're, I think they're similar in ability, but have different skill set. Carter-Vickers was very, very strong. And once he was grounded, you weren't getting past him. I think Pennington's like got this sort of, not saying he's as good, but this Terry Butcher charge around Lionheart type thing hasn't he the one thing I love about Pennington as well even when Chambers is there defensive set play who's the one we've all seen him do it haven't we He's in the middle of the box organising everybody we won't be able to get him but um, he's the sort of player God if, if you could get him I'm sure he'll end up at Derby in, in the summer won't he but um, there you go with Chalaba yep. um, but yeah not in terms of ability um, and Carter Vickers doesn't get in for Swansea does he at all so mm. 
Um, uh, this is directly for Amy, so Rich, we'll go back to Amy. Um, Neil Jenkins. Uh, Amy described on a previous pod how much of a low point she felt the Accrington game was. What's changed, stroke improved in the two months since to give us a little bit more hope, if anything? Uh, what's Oh, gosh, what's changed? The players' belief in themselves. They've actually they've, they've managed finally to string a few decent performances together and um, possibly even partly down to the players that have come in. In fact, yes, definitely due to the players coming in. Keane um, has made a big difference. Uh, I forget his name, Bree on the right, I think has helped support um, the, back four, the back four, back five. Um, I think that I have been saying all along, even under Mick McCarthy, that it was our confidence that was causing the problem. And now we have a bit of that back and a bit of passion. Um, actually, we didn't mention, uh, we didn't get around to Luke Chambers at the end. I don't know if that's in the question, so I don't want to preempt anybody, but um, he was absolutely devastated. And um, it was Alistair Ratray said to me on Twitter, we were talking about it yesterday after the game, and he was saying that it almost, it actually looked like he was crying and he was wiping away tears. And to see... It drives me mad when people say the players don't care. Of course they care. They cared when they were absolutely, I'm trying to think of a non-swear word, but when they were terrible at Accrington, they cared. Even though they were awful, they cared that they were awful. And now, you know, they've, they've managed, they're turning it around. And we are going down, there's no question about it, but we're going down with a fight and you cannot ask for any more of the players. Um Nick asks, I think we can agree pretty much. Everyone was saying yesterday was winnable, but aren't six-pointers like that going to be harder than playing teams who are mid-table? Um, I think, Nick, there's actually statistical evidence to say that you're totally right. That as Yeah, we you said to, this yesterday, didn't you, Ben? As we get we, to this, yeah. I mean, look at Fleming, Swansea and Hull yesterday. 3-0 down and 5-1 they lost. Um, yes, and the weird thing with this season, I'll do the maths, the inability of the teams in the bottom six to even beat each other has been yeah. staggering. I'll do the maths. They've all been draws, literally. And I remember Mick Mills saying it. When the teams around you play, you only want one point going into the table, not three. Sorry, two points going into, you know, one for each team going into mm. the table, not three. And they ju- just can't. The, these bottom three, four teams. Look at them. <laughs> except for Millwall, <laughs> who twice this season have managed to win three or two on the trot and then be terrible for another six weeks. But yes, Nick, you are right. Um, we're going to move on, but uh, super friends. Sorry. Um, asking about real ale mullet. Um, I think you've co- covered that a little bit. Um, ben, Martin, Kevin. Oh, actually, can I take this? The only question I have is, will the blue Monday carry on as we know it in league one, Kevin? Of course it will. Um, so much planning done. Yesterday. I was really hoping you answer that question. Be well, I've got some bad news, everybody. Um, <laughs> it's good news. League One. And it's bad news. Yeah. Um, I've got, I'm keeping my job. Yes. <laughs> um, there's loads of other questions. Sam. Um, oh, Mikey. No, we got in trouble for reading out too many of the. There's only one though. Mikey's is it Mikey's second one, which is the trade one. Oh yeah, I it... think I'd I think I'd be a carpenter. Yeah, I'd be a plumber. Yeah. Water's always the problem in a house. Uh, Water. Plumbers make good good money as well, don't they? But you have to put up with some bad smells when you're... That is true. When, when Plasterers as well. Um, what tradesman would you be, Amy? We need trade. to ask Amy. Sorry, Amy. I, what, I don't like getting my hands dirty, so I would be absolutely terrible. Wear gloves. <laughs> awful at anything yeah. DIY or... <laughs> how, I can't even do housework. I couldn't do a job. Oh, I couldn't do it. I'd be, the, I'd be the worst plumber in England, but I'd like, I'd like to be able to do it. Imagine building a wall. 
Sorry, <laughs> like carpenter. No, carpenters don't build walls. That's a builder. Carpenters a shelf. do wood, don't they? A shelf. I drive a digger. That's what okay. I would do. Yeah. Oh, through the front of a travel line. Through the front of a travel line. Like, like, <laughs> like that guy did in Liverpool. <laughs> Outstanding. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll get plenty of time to talk about the Checker Trade Trophy and etc etc um so lots of questions thank you as always for your questions we love all of you we just talk a little bit too much and don't get time to read them out but please keep them coming in let's do this roundup as quickly as we can um we played that game yesterday didn't we rich oh norwich are losing how much are they going to win by um so <laughs> norwich beat bristol city up the top there um all the stats say even when they lose or draw. They create loads of chances, have loads of possession. They're, they're just going up, Rich. Sickening, isn't it? And the tr- the two things I'd say in this fixture is, one is suddenly Kenny McLean scores. So Pookie <laughs> has a day off and two goals for bloody McLean. There's some good goals in this one, by the way, if you want to watch back. I think, uh, is it Aldauda for uh, Bristol City goes I'm off not, on a I'm run? Doesn't matter. Webster Lee scores. This, yeah. The other thing I'd say is if Bristol City lose next week, the uh, Bristol City Johnson Outers will be out in force. <laughs> There'll be four defeats on the trip, won't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Amy, West Brom nil, Sheffield United won. I kind of am a bit behind Sheffield United because they're the only ones without parachute payments. And I know they're probably paying Gary Medine and Scott Hogan a fair amount of money, but that's a hell of a win, isn't it, away at West Brom? I think it's always nice to see that a club that's sort of moved its way up the ranks from, you know, they were down in League One. Maybe there is a little bit of um, us thinking, well, that could that be us in a few years' time? So it would be nice to that's see Sheffield model, United go up. Yeah. And I do remember the year they missed out in the playoffs. And I think was it after the year after that, they then went down to League One and it was all a bit, it was a bit sad for them. They're a nice club. They're a good club. I will be sad if they go up to not have Bramall Lane to, mind you, we're not going to have Bramall Lane to visit next year anyway are we so I don't, <laughs> i'll make the most of it then uh, in april but it's uh, and of course it's uh, it's our didzy it'd be nice for him to be in the premier league so yes, one of their phalanx of a million strikers they have now um yeah. richard um yeah leeds beat bolton but let's talk about matthias klitsch pouring water on um jay williams what was he doing <laughs> it's good I fight a week it's like a whole different spin-off of the league isn't it we'll have this um Parky wasn't happy was he um but a pretty crappy goal that Leeds won with as well but I will take it because it puts pressure on Norwich and it puts pressure on Bolton the other thing our I'll Leeds on... shirts ready for this last game yeah. of the season oh, no, I'm <laughs> yeah I'm sitting in the cover stand on the last day of the season I can't wait I'm learning the words to ca- uh, whatever marching on together um just to, in terms of bits of news Bolton takeover announced today which is Good for them, I guess. But yeah, the hope yeah. that they might We've implode. We've heard that before, though, haven't My we? My target is 23rd, by the way. If we finish, if we don't finish bottom, that'll be a good end of the season for me. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, let's have a fight a week on the touch. We could. Though. Can you imagine this? If you told me this in when Howard Kendall and Don Hutchison were beating us up, I could be supporting Sheffield United on the second last game of the season and Leeds on the last game of the season. If there's any chance of them knocking those canaries off the top there, oh, am I being a little bit? Um, a little bit twee. There we go. We'll see what we'll see what happens. But um, who are you spoiling on the last day, Amy? Uh, Not Leeds, it, don't you? It, it will depend who what the situation is with Norwich, because um, obviously if it's if Leeds need to win, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Bart can sit on the sidelines and just let them <laughs> score. It's fine for me. I just know um, what's to goal difference. Can you imagine? Do you know we're going to get this all hyped up? This always happens. We're going to get it all hyped up. Um, right. All we, Leeds need to win and just need Villa to beat Norwich. Norwich will be three 0 up at half time, won't they? Yeah. They'll, they'll yeah. play an absolute blinder. <laughs> they'll be quiet. Pookie will have two touches. 
matches and score four goals somehow, you know. Didn't it? Henry it is Klaassen kind fashion. of nice to think, though, that if we are complete when we are down before we've even got into the end of April, the impact that we could have just by completely fucking up the, the expected results against Sheffield United <laughs> Elite, it could be so much fun. Or we could just let both of them win so that Norwich slip down into the playoffs, which you can just hope might happen. Oh. <laughs> Uh, 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 um, <laughs> you really don't think it is going to happen, do you? <laughs> someone asked, um, I hate to say, Norwich and Sheffield United are better than everyone else. Leeds on their day can attain the highest level of performance in the league, but they're too inconsistent. West Brom, uh, I yeah. still keep saying, I think their manager needs another couple of years and they've got some great players. <laughs> we, we, we're talking about Borough. We'll talk about them, they beat QPR. Borough are kind of like... They've got Boring, cruise control on at 61 Ugh. miles an hour, yeah. and they might overtake if someone has a complete crash further up the motorway. They'll they'll, they'll be there. But anyway, let's let's swing through these. Uh, Borough beat QPR 2-0. QPR have lost seven on the trot and have leads. Um, so Borough staying in there, but still away back. Forest v Derby uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Che Adams scores another two for Birmingham, but we're starting to get into demob happy mid-table teams. Um, Millwall still not miles away. Um, they had a bit of a horror show first half against Preston, but I just think Millwall are capable of, you know, bunging a couple of set plays in and scoring yeah. against anybody with, you know, Cooper and Hutchison and Wallace and Elliot, all, all the big guys. Usually um, good at home as well. Yeah, it's hard hard place to go. Hopefully they're good at home next Saturday. Why do I know all of Norwich's fixtures? It's, Un- unnerving, isn't it? It's because it's on the wall behind the camera that we can't see, <laughs> along with a big map with pieces of string all tied Championship to it. Championship wall chart. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> FBI topic. Well, I'm going to keep going. Stoke one, Villa one, underachievers. Who cares? Uh, Wednesday three, Swansea one. Uh, Wednesday playing quite well. Swansea, look out for Swansea and some four twos and three fours as they go into on the beach mode as well. Uh, Brentford five one against Hull. Ben Rama, brilliant hat trick. So now. Ben Rama's giving the next player to go out Brentford for 12 million or whatever ridiculousness. And for the millionth time, uh, Reading won, Rotherham won, Amy. Somehow, there's still a chance for Ipswich kind of in miracle terms. But Bolton could win two games and be out of it. And these teams are so terrible but can't win. So could we. We could win. Yeah. We could unexpectedly win two games and drag ourselves back into it. Drag the, ourselves uh, up to 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> I think the results yesterday were exactly how we needed them to go. And um, all right, we need to be sorting out our own games before we start looking at what everyone else is doing. But um, I, I was reading before we came on um, the Reading managers taken a dig at the Rotherham manager for his direct football and I was just thinking well do you know what does it really matter when you're battling against trying to I know the laws of the game and there's no laws against (laughs) Paul Warning is there to quote a philosopher every point's a prisoner oh he always gets a mensch doesn't he and all I would say to um, the Reading manager is where is Neil Warnock managing at the moment and yeah, there you go. Um, extrapolate. We haven't had one of these for our lips, which are 24th with 21 points from 34 games. Uh, 0.61 projects an abject 28 points for the rest of the season. The current target, and I quote, at 
the current pace, um, which will change, um, for survival is Reading. They have 30 points from 34. So they are operating at 0.88, projecting 40 at the current pace, thus setting a target of 41 for survival, meaning Ipswich need 20 points from the last 12 games, 1.66. This does not, however, factor that traditionally the bottom size will outperform the mid-table teams for the last 10 games of the season. So um, it will be... Um, follow Chris Rand, ITFC Live. He does the probability stuff and it doesn't doesn't look good. Was it higher than it was at Blue Monday Live? It was 99.5% <laughs> probability, wasn't it? It's, it's <laughs> is not it 99.8 now, I think? Rich, it's, like not, it's not good. Um, as Amy was saying, it needs to be literally a five-game period three wins, one draw, and, a, you know, 10 points over five games or something insane, factoring in Sheffield United away and Leeds at home are the last two games of the season, and they will likely be in the top three. Richard, you wanted to just say, get on your soapbox about um, your second team, Coventry. Do you want to just quickly do that? Yeah, I, I, only a minute, um, and I tweeted about this earlier. I think it's just a bit of um, awareness and to shed a bit of light on um the plights of teams that are in League One and obviously Coventry very um, nearby to me and a team that I go and watch. Um, six home games away from being um, evicted from the Rico Arena and potentially expelled from the Football League by um, because they can't find a ground in Coventry, um, which is a really sad state of affairs. The ownership FA Cup there, winners, in FA Cup winners um, check a trade trophy winners a couple of years ago. Um, but it's more the fact that the, you know, the ownership um, are at loggerheads with the council and wasps who own the ground and taking people to court. It's just a really sorry state of affairs. And, and kind of the phrase that I always think in those situations is there, but for the grace of God, go I, because, you know, we've had our issues with Marcus Evans and uh, various intervals and points. And because of the lack of communication, you know, he, the situation is not too dissimilar from ours. It's, it's the worst case scenario, obviously, if things, um, or to spiral out of control but you've seen it with the Oystons at Blackpool it's just desperate and, I, and I, I, more sympathy to the Coventry fans um, and just to kind of shed a bit of light on that and um, I would suggest people if they're interested follow the, the Sky Blue Trust at Sky Blue Trust or at the Sky Blue Trust sorry on Twitter but just really sad and hopefully if people can provide some support or put a bit of pressure on the EFL who have been really passive in this situation and just allowed this to play out um I think any support would be appreciated. Well said, well said. Um, let's move on to Two Little Ducks. So from something very serious to something very stupid, everybody's favourite part of the show. Um, so the rules are um, Rich and Amy are going to attempt to name as many of the 22 starters um, of a game that I pick out from the annals of Ipswich Town history. Um, they each get one golden goose or whatever the hell we call it um so you get one gimme and i will always help out um use substitutes if you pick a used substitute you get away with that as well and what's a good total anything over anything over double figures oh double uh, anything over three i was gonna say that. <laughs> uh, what's the game uh, what's the game the game rich is one year ago today Mick McCarthy pulled out his last game. Have you prepared for it? I you, knew you were going to go that one. Oh, I haven't God. written it down. That would be cheating, but I was there. Oh, okay. Um, so Mick I McCarthy pulled out his, actually be able to do it on. <laughs> his last great 1-0 away win as Ipswich manager at Preston North End. Um, we just had the Norwich heartache. So I gave you loads of clues as well. It's all set up. A muggy Neil Warnock win 
um, at Cardiff. And then the last time we also won two games in a row because we're going to beat Sheffield United um, later on that week. So there you go. Amy was there. Richard undoubtedly prepared for Reading near Ipswich 4. Yeah. I prepared for the CV game. Oh, you prepared I'll for the honest. CV game? <laughs> it's not Been Gabriel reading Wikipedia Bettis, the whole day. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, right, do you want to go first, Amy? Uh, okay, um, Bart. Uh, yes, one. Richard? I'll go for an obvious one because I'm going to struggle with this one. Um, Mustafa Carriol for 45 minutes. We were minutes. discussing yesterday, Mustafa Lionel Messi Carriol in, in that game. <laughs> Played rather well, didn't he? Flattered to deceive. Uh, two, Amy? Uh, Chambers? Yep, uh, Rich, you're pulling a very pained face there. The, um, Amy. Yeah, this is the way to play this game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Amy, do you remember Martin Waghorn playing? Yeah, he did. Yep, good. Yep, Martin Waghorn. Can I just good. say, that's only two mentions of Marty Waghorn in this podcast. I think that must be a record. I mentioned him earlier with that penalty, didn't I? Yeah, it's only the second one. I was, okay. I'm very impressed. Waghorn. I thought I was gonna... There you go. <laughs> Waghorn. Um, we got four. Who four? else was up front with him? You might have seen, you might have seen him play yesterday. I've gone ahead now. <laughs> Who, Who was? Oh, of course, Mr. Garner. Joe Garner, five. It's his own club. Um, Amy, did um, um, Ben Pearson <laughs> play for Preston? Yeah, oh, don't ask yeah. me opposition. Ben Pearson, good. I'm, I'm letting you go Ipswich. I'm going to see how many Preston players oh. I can get. Oh, no, because now I right put myself in it haven't i well, who, so who got, well did did um left did someone get sent off yesterday who played in the match ben yeah i would have said nudson was playing yeah. he has to have been yeah, yeah. nudson seven good who else would have been at the back Excuse, uh, should have, surely would have played eight, as well. good. yeah grant ward maybe no, grant ward. well i'm just, gonna I'm going to take that one off you. Mikey was well harsh when he hosted this, wasn't he? Like, if you even looked at the wrong answer, you're like, no, you're out. Game <laughs> over. Game over. All done. Take him a ball. Um, um, one of the players oh, oh, got mentioned in the questions earlier. Uh, no longer oh, plays for us. Oh, man. So I'm... Callum Connolly has just popped in Callum my head. Callum Connolly, very good, was in there. Uh... Is there another Callum in the Preston team? Yes. Robinson, is it? Callum Robinson, good, yes. Yeah. Um, incredibly, in this game, we were so on top that Alex Neal made a double sub on 38 minutes to cope with Mustafa Carriel. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Ridiculous. You have um, 10. Barkhausen. Uh, Barkhausen, yeah, 11. Was Brown. Carter Vickers playing? Carter Vickers, 12. Brown, 13. This is very strong. Um, you have... One more Ipswich player who scored a 100th minute goal a couple of weeks ago. At Why do I not know this? Rotherham for Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know what. <laughs> Blank. Come on. <coughs> Dominic I offer. don't know this. Oh, Dominic I offer, really? Dominic I offer. One more Ipswich player. You mentioned him in the Norwich game, Richard. <laughs> I know, hate my, this game so much. My clues don't help, do they? <laughs> you know, next season, can we come up with a different We're game, We're going to come please? up with a different game. That's already been decided. <laughs> don't worry. Help. Dave's like, I'm not coming back on the pod next year unless you change the game. So we've got to change the game. He hates this game. 
I'm so glad I'm not alone. My mate Martin was teasing me the whole way through the second half yesterday. You've got to do two little ducks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think he's performed. Player missing. Is he a midfielder? He's a left-footed defender. (laughs) Okay, yeah, because we haven't done. We've said. He's really good. Clearly. He's still at the club. No, he plays for Bristol City. Oh, Webster. Oh. <laughs> right, I'm giving you way too many clues. You've yeah. got the whole Ipswich team. So, it was um, Bialkowski, Iorfan, Nudson, Chambers, Webster, Carter, Vickers. How many defenders is that? that yeah, this must be a 5-3-2. No, he played like 3-4-3. He did a Nuno Santo for this one, didn't he? He played two wide players as well. Um, oh, I'm getting so excited. Great tactics. Connolly, Carter, Vickers, Skews, Carriel. Waghorn, Garner, um, the Preston team for you, Championship Hipsters. Rudd, Cunningham, Woods, Davis, Huntington, Pearson, Brown, Malt, Barkhausen, Robinson, Bowden. Good job, though. Well done. Um, moving on, I'm sure you'll go forensically into this, Richard, on um, Thursday or whenever the preview yeah, sure. show comes out. Um, Reading next week. Um, we don't do hashtag not losable. We don't do hashtag winnable we don't do six pointers um but tell me about this game richard it, 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 <laughs> i'm trying to find another phrase that i could lob in there um do you know i um i think they will be more nervous than we are about this one um and i think if we go for it like we did yesterday um i think it might be a good game or reading might try and shut it down and um I think we should go for it. Do you know what? We have literally nothing to lose. We are the bottom team who's chasing down teams above us. Let's go for it. The, the issue, I guess, is injuries and stuff out of yesterday. You, in your rule book, did it tell you how rule many book. games Nudson in the rule book? Um, is it three games? I didn't check. Nudson. It'd be at least two for Australia. Two or three. So He's not hopefully around. Collins will be fit. That'd be good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, go for it. Why not go for it? Let's um, score three. Amy. Traditionally, this season, these games have ended in draws. And Nelson Oliveira, discuss. Uh, I just don't think you can rely on games like this going either way because everybody's going to be put in there. Yesterday, they were when it was like when Wigan were in the penalty area. I think all of our players ended up on the floor because they were just jumping everywhere in front of the ball, just trying to stop it. And I, I suspect it will be a very scrappy game, exactly the same. What is interesting is both teams are going into it having been 1-0 up at halftime, I think, Reading were as well, and lost the game late on. Rotherham didn't score until 80 minutes, I think I saw. So I think that's either going to be gutted that they dropped two points and feeling a bit down from that or a right, come on, we need to get something out of this. But I would imagine that Wigan were expecting to get something out of yesterday in the same way that Reading will be on Saturday and we are going to go out there and prove them wrong. I think the, Rich, I think the surge, when I say surge, the relative surge of the bottom teams has, if you look, they've, uh, and we've gone three unbeaten and we're on the worst points for the last six games of all the, Bottom. So, I mean, mm. Reading have got seven points in the last six games, and there's there's a few little wins popped up, and there's oh three, four points, five points. Whereas we were looking back earlier in the season, and it was dismal. You know, everyone was losing every week, and two points every six games or something. I still have Reading, Rich, as the most likely to to get out of this. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd agree. Um, the manager there seems to have figured them out as well. Some good loan signings, including Oliver. But um, yeah, I think it has, 
Rotherham, I think, have probably regressed to the norm now after maybe a good start. But they'll be super nervous, won't they, Reading? Because this is a this is a game that they will see that they have to win. Um, so that pressure, I think, might tell. But yeah, I think Reading are probably the best of the four down there. I just got. I call me a cynic. I've just got a horrible one-one draw that helps neither yeah. team written all over this. But I really, really hope I am wrong. Um, Amy. Give us a little plug for your Twitter and any writings stuff you're doing at the moment. Uh, Tract Girl Amy 8. Uh, I, if I can be bothered tonight, I'm going to put together a little bit of a video from yesterday. But I, in rarity for me, didn't get there till quite late. So there isn't much of my usual away day videos that I like to put out. Um, but there is the next issue of the Kings of Anglia, which I am in again. Um, it's on pre-order at the moment um, I think it's expected out any day I'm, uh, on, to be honest with you I don't get given the dates when it comes out I just get a, a message from my friends saying it's always dropped about? on my uh, um, it's about why we bother supporting Ipswich when they're so <laughs> terrible um, there's a really nice piece um, in there of where I asked that question online so everybody talking about why why they still go why we still support Ipswich and in a way it is a nice bit of it's a bit uplifting the goal of it was to try and be a, a bit uplifting and remind everybody why we feel why we love our club so much so hopefully um, who knows by the uh, who knows how long it will last but um, yeah, hopefully it will make a few people smile and make them happy. And there is a comparison with our current plight and Brexit, which made uh, Mike Bacon, the editor, laugh. So I'm, I'm waiting for a few comments on that one, hopefully. Yeah, he gets red pen out on that one, won't he? <laughs> um, Richard, plug your excellent podcast and your uh, top 10 video that we saw drop um, yeah. this past Thursday, um, I think. So um, at Ipswich on the Twitter um, and uh, Harry and I will be back as usual um, Thursday night for Friday morning for the preview show chatting Reading and um, any other stuff that we fancy having a natter about. Um, on the f- <laughs> conversely to Amy's positive um, blog or article is a video of the 10 in my in my time watching Ipswich Town, the 10 moments where marginal things have gone against us. Um, and it might be a bit of a run of a few top 10 videos that I might start doing before the end of the season. Um, to use up some of this footage that I've got loads of so um, so yeah you can find that on YouTube find out on my Twitter as well and on our channel and um, any views would be gratefully received any comments um, and also suggestions and maybe future top 10s also uh, very welcome wonderful stuff um, I know anybody who came has been thanked profusely already but thank you again to the people who came to the live show last week that was absolutely brilliant for us opened all our eyes up to what we might be able to do next season and moving forward and you know things we can do for this little podcast community so um you may have seen a poll out we do have plans to repeat the same thing possibly more than once next season but those plans will probably be made one day before the season starts in a very rushed (laughs) fashion at um 11:59 at night or or something but no we we do plan to keep that going whoever asked about the podcast next season do not worry um there'll be even more of it probably not not less but so big thank you to everyone who came to the live show obviously you probably do already but follow us on twitter at blue monday i see follow me at benjamin bloom um amy say goodbye Bye-bye. Thank you for having me again. You're very welcome. Um, Richard, say <laughs> something equally as polite as Amy just did. <laughs> Screw you guys. No, have a, have a good week, everyone. And I'll um, see you for Reading. See you later.
from back to back to Stewart. Oh, he's going to be fed sweetly. Round the goalkeeper and scores a magnificent goal at the coming. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurant. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.